Welcome to a D&D Candle Lab. D&D 5e Character Lab Podcast with your hosts, Karen and Dan. And welcome to the D&D Character Lab, the show based around the one thing we as players cannot resist. And that is compulsively creating characters and daydreaming about their validity in-game. Each week, we are bringing a new character to the table, drawing from a plethora of published, talented content, scoring it against a predefined table of criteria. It is then up to us to use our own personal charisma modifiers to convince the other that our baby is better. Hey everyone, I'm Dan. And I'm Garen, and in today's episode, we are actually featuring two supplements that can be thrown into every single one of your character builds, add a lot of nice variety, flavor, and depth to your character, as well as your game. Yeah, the first supplement we're featuring is called Character Options Talents by Dragonics. This supplement offers cool options and abilities that your PCs can utilize every third level. Now, they're not as powerful as feats, and many of them have prerequisites in order to take them, but they all add a lot of versatility to your character's abilities, and they also have a pretty nice balance. It's important to note that this author also inserted some notes to the DM at the beginning of the book on how they could better balance their home games while using this supplement, one of which was no ability scores above 14, which I personally utilized for my character this week. I'm glad you did, but I did not. (laughs) I stacked all of my talents right onto my guy because I really wanted to show what a character could be capable of. That was a really fun book to play with. This will not be the last time you guys hear about character talents, but we have something else to share with you this week as well, which we're excited about. This book called Volo's Complete Subrace Handbook by Clan Crafters Hralding. This supplement has over 50 subraces, and I have to say that these are really fucking cool. One of the absolute best ways to get extremely granular with your PC builds, and the best part of it, all of these subraces have abilities that are unique. Both of these supplements are the kind of supplements that we will be featuring on the show on an ongoing basis just because of all the versatility they can inspire in your builds. We built level 6 characters that have a unique subrace and a couple of talents. So, Garen, what do you say you introduce us to your talented character this week? Happy to do it, Dan. Thank you. I want to tell you about Terra Softoe, who was raised in a small community of dream dwarves that lived off the land, returning what they took twofold and sustaining as vegetarians without being too preachy about it. One spring, an injured ranger stumbled into their village, his slain wolf brother draped across his back. Thera rushed to his aid, offering some beet soup, which he took gratefully because it was quite delicious. The ranger told Thera his squad was ambushed by hill giants and he was the only survivor. Long story short, that ranger was a harper on a mission to acquire information about a giant army forming just south of Thera's home. Thera knew the land so well and agreed to help him. She became an unofficial harper on the spot and never turned back. She played an integral part of the destruction of the giant army and personally driving the giant's leader mad with delusion. I would like to introduce you to Therasoftoe, a dream dwarf of the crafty dealer background, and she is a level six enchantment wizard, ready to delight the listeners. Ah, very interesting. Well, let me introduce you this week to Enaxi, reigning from the Arctic Feywild. Anaxi is one of the few remaining white striped back tabaxi. Frost giants have been relentless in their imprisonment of the white striped backs as they use them as slaves and guards for their camps. Their speed and dexterity make them great free laborers, and not to mention when they get old, they make for some wonderful giant shawls. Anaxi is 
all too familiar with the indiscriminate nature of the Frost Giants toward the White Stripe back Tabaxi, and has spent her entire life rescuing her comrades in the Arctic Feywild, she uses advanced combat technique along with some keen deception and healing to accomplish these risky tasks. This is Inaxi, the white stripe back variant Tabaxi from Volo's complete subrace handbook. And level three, Circle of Dreams Druid. Level three, Hunter Ranger of the rugged outdoorsman background from the Talents supplement. That we, we, we forgot to mention that this supplement also has some really cool backgrounds in here, which we are always very grateful for. Yes, as you'll see, Dragonix did a fantastic job of making backgrounds uh, more dynamic towards the game. So I think we're probably both going to be featuring those in our arguments. One thing is undeniable, though. These are a couple of talented characters, no doubt, my friend. Now, while these adventurers may be quite skilled at what they do, the geniuses over at Cantrip Candles are absolute experts at elevating your table's game experience. After all, they're the purveyors of 100% Soy candles that are specifically designed to accompany your tabletop adventures in games like D&D and Pathfinder. They have a great selection of scents that smell like different locations in a fantasy world, like musty taverns, libraries full of arcane texts, or how about Dungeon Depths with its notes of dust, stone, and stale water. Really sets the scene for that epic dungeon delve. But you can find a scent, regardless of your adventure, in their sampler pack for just $11 plus shipping. Once you decide that you want to buy every single one of them, we're happy to announce that you now can, and the lab will help cover some of those costs for you. When you use the code LABRAT, that's L-A-B-R-A-T, at checkout, you'll receive 10% off your total purchase, so be sure to check them out. That is Cantrip Candles, and if you don't know how to spell Cantrip, you shouldn't be playing D&D. Thank you, Dan and Cantrip Candles, for that message. Why don't I get us started off with the melee category, as my enchantment wizard is going to surprise you, Dan, because you know what? You might have forgot, dwarves have weapon proficiencies. My little wizard girl is actually sporting a battle axe. She's got a plus four to hit, one D8, plus one damage. Not bad, especially considering she's a wizard. I'm arguing a zero. I think that's a fine zero. Thank you very much. I'm also arguing a zero. So this variant of Tabaxi, the stripe back, has a claw attack that deals out one D6, and it's a plus three to hit. I also took a talent called Improved Dodge. This allows you to take the dodge action and make one weapon attack with disadvantage as a bonus action. It's got flavor of the monk in there a little bit. I also have a spear that's a plus three to hit, which deals out 1d6 damage as well. Okay, so yeah, our damage is right about at the same spot. You have a couple of extra features there, but if you're arguing a zero, I got no problem with that. Well, great, because I'm going to move right into ranged. Arguing a zero here as well. I have a plus seven to hit with my longbow. Deals out 1d8 plus two piercing damage. Okay, well, if you're arguing a zero, then I think my negative one is very justified, as all I have is a sling, which is a 1d4. Yep, it's better than nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's our wow, philosophy. We're, we're burning right through this. What do you have in burninating? First of all, I have Shocking Grasp, which at level 5 is bumped up, so that's a little extra damage. I also took Ice Knife, which I came to love this spell watching you use it, Dan, in-game, because I love the fact that it can explode and hit a few other targets if the enemies are clustered together. Great spell. So those two things combined, I don't have any real high damage that I want to mention right now. I'm holding back a little bit. I'm going to argue a zero. I'm okay with the zero because I'm also arguing a zero. I have Ensnaring Strike, Frostbite Cantrip, and then Moonbeam, which, to refresh your memory, deals out 2d10 radiant damage. So that is what I'm bringing to the table with a zero. 
Hell yeah. Easy peasy. Now, moving into control, I'm arguing a plus one here. I have a racial feature called Hunter's Grace. You can use your hind legs to make incredible leaps and unerringly land on your feet. Your jump distance is doubled unless it was already increased by a magical effect. Nice. I also have a... Yeah, I also have a background feature of the Rugged Outdoorsman background. Gives me three Rugged Outdoorsman points. Whenever you make an ability check that involves the skill Animal Handling, Athletics, Nature, Perception, or Survival, you can spend one Rugged Outdoorsman point to roll a D12 to add it to the result. I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent. I really like that Dragonix did all this with this supplement because adding a D12 to a Nature, Animal Handling, Athletics, Survival check, that's not going to be game-changing. No. You know? It just really thematically makes sense. If your background says, you know, and if you're a ranger, there's really no reason that you should fail an animal handlings check. There's really no reason you should fail a nature check. So I like this. It adds good flavor and it and it makes it more thematically appropriate. So I really like that they recharge once per long rest. It's nothing game changing, but I really like it because it does I've never really liked how, you know, a druid rolls a nature check, gets a two, even with proficiency, adds their modifier to it. It's something somewhat underwhelming. You could throw a D12 on top of that, you, it's going to be a lot more thematic. It makes it so that the rogue or the bard, with their expertise and their jack-of-all-trades and all that, they're not always the one shining on these skill checks. Yeah, agreed. So I, I do like this. They have a bunch of backgrounds in there that kind of all share this same theme, but highlight different ability checks, which, again, if it's your background makes a lot of sense. So I also have an ability for the ranger called Giant Killer. When a large or larger creature within five feet of you hits or, or misses you with an attack, you can use your reaction to attack that creature immediately after its attack, provided you can see the creature. I also have Beast Bond and Primeval Awareness. So I'm arguing a plus one here. Okay, I'm not sure what my argument against that would be, so I have to agree that you get a plus one. I am gonna argue a plus two when it comes to control. And it's going to be kind of a tight list, but I think it all has a lot of weight. First of all, I've got Crown of Madness, which is a very fun spell to have for your control. I also have a spell called Dust Devil. Are you familiar? I am. It's a one-minute duration, and creatures... Basically, it creates a five-foot radius little Dust Devil that if creatures step into it, they have to succeed on a strength save, or they are pushed 10 feet and take 1d8 damage. Now, if the Dust Devil is put onto gravel or dirt... For one round, it becomes a 10-foot radius and becomes heavily obscured, which is a really cool way to maybe hold the line or if you've got a bridge you have to defend. That is somewhere where I see Dust Devil being like your golden spell. Yeah, I agree. It's a fun spell. There's nothing else like it, so I, I really do like that spell. Yeah, this is also a great moment for me to mention that I took Arcane Tradition Focus as one of my talents where it increased my spell save DC by one. And I have Ethereal Sight, which is a feature of the Dream Dwarf, where I can use my bonus action to see into the ethereal plane 30 feet around me. And this will last until I dismiss it purposely or I'm incapacitated. Ah, interesting. Yeah, I know the difference between material plane and ethereal plane, so I'm not confused when I'm looking around. You know, it's very circumstantial, but when it shines, it really shines. Again, there is no ability like that. Um, so it's really something where you can step in and do something that is nowhere else in the game. I mean, it's not like any other class can, can do that. So rich in roleplay. Hell yeah. Then that's definitely a challenge for the DM to make that worthwhile to you. And so I'm also going to bust out my second talent, which is arcane tradition prodigy, which means when you take it, you could take one spell of third level or lower. You always have it prepared. 
It doesn't cost a spell slot to use, and you can use it once per short or long rest. And I took hold person. So basically means I've always got hold person right at my hip. Bam, hold person. Yeah, you kind of got like handcuffs on hand at all times. All times. Got that spell save DC a little bit higher too, which is nice because I did not bump up my intelligence. You will see later. So those things considered, I am arguing a plus two. Oh, definitely not a plus two. No. <laughs> I think you're no. wrong. Yeah, no, you can get a plus one. You and I are matched, I think. Fine. How tanky are you, bruh? You know, I'm going to surprise you here, I think, because I am a wizard and I don't have great decks. We haven't heard that yet. I had a great conversation with Ben Potts on our uh, Discord talking about how brutal it is to have low AC because it's the most vulnerable feeling in the game. And we were saying, especially with like a wizard who has no armor, you're there in a robe, so it's just your 10 plus your decks. I got an AC of 12. But as we were talking about, you got to have higher con then. You got to balance it out with more hit points. So I actually yes. have 48 hit points at level six, which is pretty good for a wizard. I also have false life, which is, of course, adds temporary hit points. And I have Timora's Smile, which is a talent that I took as being part of the Harpers. Timora's Smile allows me to use my reaction to grant myself advantage on all saving throws for one minute per long rest. Wow, I like it. How about that, right? Really powerful, but cool. So those things considered, I am going to argue that this is a plus one considering it's a level six wizard. Nah, so it is tankier than your average wizard, but you have an AC of 12 with 48 hit points? Yes. You're a zero, and normally the wizards are definitely in the negatives. So, I mean, I'm arguing a plus one, and I'm just going to show you a little bit of what a plus one looks like at six level. AC of 16 because I've got that scale mail, I've got 66 HP, I've got absorb elements, and then I can wild shape twice. Yeah, I know. You're only <laughs> arguing a plus one. Well, here's All the right. deal, because I really, really shine in the ally assist. Before I get into how I help my friends, let me spend a little bit of time telling our listeners how they can get a plus two in ally assist with the D&D Character Lab. Were you aware that we have a variety of ways you can support our show? We have a Patreon that has tiers that start at just $1 and move all the way up the ladder to 20 We have a Discord that you can chat with us. We can create pop culture characters with us twice a month. We have bonus episodes and early access to our regular show. Way, way more on our Patreon. Yeah, we also have supplements available on dmsguild.com for a buck. Search Garen Jones, and you can see all the great stuff that we have to offer on there. And we also have some ability score shirts for sale that have the minimum and the maximum values for each ability score in a box on your chest. Cop those things. They were made by an artist. They're legit AF, or at least that's what the kids told me on the street. The proceeds from all of these items go directly to our show and help keep us growing and making stuff that we love to make, and hopefully you guys do too. Dan, I know I do this to you once every five or six episodes. I say, hey, I forgot something. I forgot something. <laughs> what? I want to talk to you about my level six ability, Instinctive Charm. For my tankiness, a creature I see within 30 feet makes an attack against me. I use my reaction to divert the attack to another creature within range. The attacker must make a wisdom save against my DC. On a failed save, it attacks the target closest to it. If there's multiple that are closest, it gets to choose. Uh, I'd argue this is control, but cool. That's tankiness, though. The archer pulls back, and I'm like, no, your boy. And he turns and shoots his boy. Uh, you're not getting an increase in tankiness just because uh, we'll take this as a lesson for you to make notes for your character going on forward. <laughs> I do have notes. Obviously, your well, notes are better than mine. They're obviously shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so I'm arguing a plus two in ally assist. <laughs> I have uh, resistance, healing spirit, healing word. And then I took another talent called rejuvenate, which whenever you use a spell of first level or higher that restores hit points to a creature, you can choose to have the creature regain extra hit points equal to the spell's level at the end of each of your turns for a number of rounds equal to your wisdom modifier, which for me is two. If the spell can affect more than one creature, only one creature of your choosing will benefit from the effect. And then once you use this feature, you can't use it again for until you use a short or long rest. But I thought this was really nice because I also have Balm of the Summer Court, which is a feature of the Circle of Dreams Druid. You are a font of energy that offers respite from injuries. You have a pool of Fey energy represented by a number of D6s equal to your Druid level, which in my case is three. And as a bonus action, you can choose one creature you can see within 120 feet and spend a number of those dice equal to half your Druid level or less. Roll the spent dice and add them together. Target regains that number of hit points equal to the total. The target also gains one temporary HP per die spent. And then you regain all expended die when you finish a long rest. So because Inaxi is going out and rescuing a slave stripe back to Baxi from these giants, got to be a little bit sneaky. But also she's probably finding these other stripe backs in pretty poor shape. So she's sure. got to be able to heal them, get them, get them strong, and and so that they're able to break out together. So that was really what I was going for here. I'm going to plus two in ally assist. So much better than my ally assist. So I have to push the roll on this one to try and make some ground back. Okay. So uh, my charisma modifier is actually a minus one. Oh, you made a jerk. Okay, finally. She's one of the few remaining stripe backs left. So I imagine she doesn't talk to many people. Oh, yeah. KG, I got it. Yeah. So I rolled a 16, minus one. I will be taking my plus one. All righty. I am, in light of recent discoveries as to what your list is, going to be arguing a zero instead of a plus one because I have a very short list, but I thought it was cool. I have Featherfall <laughs> and... Your argument was, it was so strong. It is a short list and it's not as good as yours, but I thought it was cool. If you've already missed, I'm almost at the end of my list already. If you'll just let me finish. <laughs> I have a spell called Catnap. Are you familiar with this one? As a tabaxi, I'm well familiar with Catnap, but why don't you go ahead and go over it for our listeners? Catnap is a enchantment spell because I'm going to do a quick sideline here because enchantments have some of the most famous spells like Hold Person and Charm Person. Everybody loves those spells, right? There are not that many enchantment spells, but Catnap is one of the ones that I found that I actually really enjoyed. Three willing creatures fall asleep for 10 minutes. If they stay asleep for the entire time, they gain the benefits of a short rest. So... It's a, it's a little energy recharge. Get your batteries recharged. Sure. How was that? How was that for you? Was that any good? Well, it's a zero. All right. I also have friends. No, you don't. I do, like Chandler. Okay, let's talk ability balance. I have an extremely middle-of-the-range character this week. Strength of 12, Dex of 14, Con of 14, Intelligence of 16, Wisdom of 12, Charisma of 10. I've got my proficiencies in Arcana Investigation. I've also got the Crafty Dealer background. I've got speed of 25 feet because I'm a dwarf, but I got that high HP for a wizard, lower AC, but not the worst AC you ever saw on a wizard, that's for sure. So but you know what? what? I am arguing a plus two, actually, because I still have a good spell no. save DC. Th look I at this. This is no. a wizard. Intelligence of 16. I used my ability score improvement at level four to bump up my wisdom and strength because I wanted those to just be a little bit juicier. I wanted my strength to be up because I'm using that battle axe. This is a character that can do just about anything. If you gave me a bow, I'd have pretty decent range with a plus two. 
roll roll for your plus two. I mean, you're not getting a plus two. I have a charisma of ten. This is meant to happen. I know I've said in previous episodes that the fates will grant me a plus two, and it's probably not going to happen here either. And it did. I got a seventeen exactly. Okay. I don't know what that was. You enchanted the dice, is what it was. That was your dice. It was a dice enchantment. Oh, so good. I'm arguing a plus one for a balance. So I don't care. I'll run through my numbers here real quick. I got a strength of 10, dex of 14, con of 14, intelligence of 14, wisdom of 14, charisma of 9. I've got uh, proficiency in animal handling, nature, perception, stealth, and survival. But again, I have that background that gives me a d12 three times per long rest on a lot of those proficiencies. And then I have a passive perception of 15, 66 total hit points, and an AC of 16. Not the most balanced character because I didn't load up wisdom and the dex is kind of low for a ranger. I went 14 pretty much across the board except for in charisma and strength. So I had two dump stats, and the other stats are really kind of middle range. Yeah, you sure did. I mean, but this this character makes sense for your build. She is kind of a loner. She's not really dedicating herself to anything in particular apart from the savior of her race. So uh, I'm with you on that. That's a plus one. Cool. Now, moving into the smooth operator scenario for this week, I personally wrote it, and it reads... You're foraging for food while the rest of your party takes a nap. Bam! That pile of sticks that you were walking over, it just gave way. It was a trap. You managed to get two fingers to hang on for dear life above a 120-foot drop onto a pit of spikes. Enter an evil rogue warrior who laughs and asks you to take him to your party and help him slay all of the members of your party and loot their bodies, or he will stomp on your pretty little fingers. What do you do? So... In this scenario, how I would handle this smoothly, I would ask him who he was, and it wasn't just because it wasn't because I really cared. I would just want him to say his name. When he responded with his name, I would say, "Oh, I thought that was you. Is there any reason why your name is being written in the sky?" And I would point up to the sky, and his name would indeed be written in the clouds because I would have cast Skyrite. <laughs> I have no idea what you would use this for, unless you, I guess you wanted to convey a message to somebody far away or something, but. Anyway, you have to convey a message and you have to not care who knows you're conveying a message too. Yeah. I mean, it could be a declaration of war. That would be a badass declaration of war. Even then it's kind of lame because it's kind of frou-frou. It has like a little bit of like a circus element to it. Anyway, I would then roll a few strength saves to see if I could pull myself up while he was distracted. I'm arguing a zero here. Not the best. Sky right and strength saves. Yep. Sky right. Didn't know what else to do with it. Boy, that's kind of negative one worthy, especially the way these charisma scenarios have been going for us fine how would you handle it big shot here's what i would do i would use my crafty dealer background which gives me that d12 on deception insight persuasion sleight of hand or intelligence rolls so i would use a deception roll to say man i'm out here alone and you're gonna throw me in a pit i mean i'll help you kill anybody you want let's go do it but i don't have anyone with me no no this is a rogue he saw he saw that you were with the party Roll that deception check right now. That is a 11 plus a d12. Hey, Siri, roll a d12. And an 8 on the d12, which is a 19 on my deception check. All right, so you'll pass the deception. Keep going What with this crappy scenario. Oh, I saw those guys. I wasn't with those guys. We were just walking in the same direction. Let's get them. He pulls me up. I use hypnotic gaze, which is a feature of being an enchantment wizard. And he has to succeed on a wisdom save or he becomes charmed by me, his speed drops to zero, and he's incapacitated and visibly dazed. 
what kind of hypnotic what what is he seeing i make my eyeballs wiggle 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 and then maybe uh-huh. i pop them out or shoot milk out of my tear ducts like sometimes people do on late night talk shows yeah that's nasty that's all very hypnotizing <laughs> yeah yeah long story short he's hypnotized i walk around behind him and i donkey kick him into his own pit and i strut back to my friends that's smooth as shit uh, you just aggressively handled that, but yeah. I handled it pretty smoothly considering he didn't know what hit him. You donkey kicked the dude. You want aggressive? Pass judgment on my smooth after you hear my aggressive, okay? Yeah, which means he didn't. Your notes are stellar this week. That was straight up my smooth operator notes. <laughs> Here's my spitting fire notes. I used thunderstep to pop myself off that wall and onto the other side of the pit. I then use suggestion to suggest that he climb down into the pit. I why, cast... Why would he? Because I cast Suggestion on him. What's your save? 15. Not bad, actually, at 6th level. So, okay, I'm buying it. I suggest that you climb down into that pit. He climbs all the way 120 feet down into the pit, around all the spikes. I then cast Sleep on him, and then I lay down <laughs> at the edge of the pit, and I take a sleep, too. Why? Because I'm using my other Dream Dwarf ability, Earth Dream. Where during a long rest, if I'm taking a rest on natural ground, I can wake up with knowledge of the general terrain of the area, animals or or people that are in the area, or buildings that are in the area. I get to choose one of those materials. I am dreaming about bunnies. I absolutely I, love this subray supplement. By the way, <laughs> it just adds it adds so much cool stuff like that because it's just oh, I love that. Okay, no, that's cool. So what are you arguing? I'm not done. He slept on the spikes. I'm assuming he's dead. No, he just laid down amongst the spikes. Why do you think my argument is over when I said I dream about bunnies, for crying out loud? Well, this I, is how you aggressively handle things, and then when it ended with bunnies, I was trying to save you from... from because I'm own. not done. You're jumping oh, okay. the gun on me. I dream about bunnies because I want to know where all the bunnies are. I wake up in the morning before him. I'm an early riser, and not only do I make him some breakfast, but I go and I find all the bunnies I can. I coax the bunnies to come back with me, and I start dropping the bunnies one by one into the pit. They're so small, they won't even fall on the spikes. He wakes up... Surrounded by bunnies and a nice hearty breakfast of owlbear bacon and eggs. And then I cast Enemies Abound on him, which is my other new favorite enchantment spell, where he has to succeed on the save or he thinks everyone around him is a foe. The bunnies. And I, I I leave him in the pit, terrified of all these vicious killer rabbits around him, and I strut away now about 10 hours behind my friends. Uh, sure. It was really drawn out. I thought sleep would have It was drawn him. out because you kept interrupting me thinking I was done dreaming about bunnies. So what are you arguing? I liked it before. What, do you, what did you like before? Way before it was so long. It wasn't that long. Do you remember yours about hypnotizing people and then making their heads pop like watermelons? Loved it. That went on for three days. Yeah, and the listeners couldn't get enough. As a matter of fact, I'm doing a spinoff show called Poppin' Heads. Just about popping heads like watermelon. It's going to be a can, whole series. Can I head up the ska band that does the theme song, The Head Poppin' Daddies? <laughs> Faux show. So what are you arguing for, for both of these? You didn't give me a smooth or an aggressive. I want a plus six altogether. <laughs> no. Plus five. No. Wait, what? No. Give me a smooth and a, an aggressive. I will take a package deal of a three and a half. No. I think this I is a very think, appropriate think, three and a half. I don't, think, I don't think the smooth was that great. What was not smooth about tricking him into pulling me up, hypnotizing him, and donkey kicking him? The hypnotizing was good, but it wasn't smooth to hurt him. That was aggressive. 
That was like John Wick shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so what do you want for smooth? What do you want for aggressive? 1.75 and 1.75. You're the fucking worst. You'll get a one for smooth and a one for aggressive. How about that? I'll take it. All right, I'm going to move into how I did this aggressive. Now, for our listeners, 10 minutes ago, I talked about the smooth scenario where I had the sky right happening. Well, while he was looking at the clouds, I would dig my hind claws into the earth and make a powerful lunge attack at the rogue, which is one of my racial abilities. He would then need to succeed on a DC 13 strength save or be knocked prone on a successful lunge. Once he was knocked down, I would cast fine traps, which I obviously should have cast sooner. (laughs) (laughs) To detect where this asshole set up traps other than where we are now. I would then continue to lunge my way into this rogue and he'd be continuing to move back and move back. And then I would intermittently cast Frostbite on his toes to make him dance a little bit. No. And I would make him dance and trip his way into his own trap. No, what a ridiculous argument. Have you ever had extreme cold on your toes, drop some dry ice on your toe or something? No, but this is... Shit will make you dance. The imagery here is that you are just continually hopping and dragging this guy across the ground. That's right. That is silly. No, he's going to go in a trap. He's going to fall in some spikes. What if he doesn't have any other traps? I'll find out. Rogues be setting traps, bro. That was stupid. Plus one. Plus nothing. Fine. Zero then. Fine. But when it comes to the X Factor, in all seriousness, great supplements this week. I'm not sure that this build was entirely thrilling. Uh, I know I say it a lot, but we need to have a little bit of a serious conversation here because we've got a little bit of time on this episode. So I put in a, a few Ranger levels here just to try to see if this talents uh, supplement could make rangers more exciting. And while there are some great talents in there, even the talent supplement can't really make this ranger that exciting. So I don't ever really feel like it's levels well spent when you're making a ranger, you know what I mean? I'm actually coming around a little bit on rangers the more I've thought about them. We don't feature them very much on the show because of the innate problems with the overall balancing, but they have some really unique features that make for dynamic combat. Well, they have a lot of specific features. That's the main complaint that I have about Rangers is that while they're capable, they, a lot of this stuff like here, uh, this giant killer trait that I have, uh, you know, when a larger, larger creature within five feet of you hits or misses you with an attack, you can use your reaction to attack that creature immediately after its attack, provided you can see the creature. Cool, but honestly, a majority of the combat you're doing is on medium creature. And when you're facing a large creature, it's so specific that you might not even remember to use that. Obviously, that's on you, but there's just so many really specific abilities. Beast Hunter's another subclass that has just really specific abilities. Ah, it just takes a lot for me to get excited about this. We've been doing this show for over a year now, and I'm this is the one class that I'm just totally not there yet. Here's my counter-argument on, on Rangers, is they are the thoughtful fighter. I, ideally, if D&D is kind of inspired by stuff like Lord of the Rings, Aragorn, who they call a ranger, you know, in the series, is is a very intelligent man, but he's also a very capable swordsman and with a bow and everything. And that's what they're trying to grasp with rangers here. You know, they want you to feel like you're using your head in combat. And I think this has also been kind of addressed where you see a lot of subclasses and creative classes out there that people homebrew where they want to make the intelligent swordsman that can like pinpoint strikes and stuff. That's where I feel like Ranger should be, you know? It should fill that gap where you don't need something else. I, I'll agree with you, and, you know, I, I don't want to keep harping on this for too long. I just, you know, wanted to have a little bit of a discussion about this because it, it I do find it very difficult 
to get excited about any time I make a Ranger. And I'm, I'm with you on that. I would love to hear, you know, listeners, what you guys think. Shoot us a message. Let us know your arguments in favor of Ran- Rangers because we want to love everything about D&D. And if something's holding us back, man, we got to figure, we got to find that love. That's right. And honestly, I sit here and I preach the love about monks day in and day out. I want to see the Ranger people represent. So hit us up on social media if you are a Ranger fanboy and convert Garen and I to your cause. And not the New York Rangers. Or the Texas Rangers. Forget it. Don't want them. <laughs> We're talking D&D Rangers only. Would you play your character this week? Absolutely. I wanted to make a type of wizard that I had never considered before. The Enchantment Wizard's got some awesome features. The Hypnotic Gaze, the Instinctive Charm. Also, I love those new spells that I found. This is a guarantee for me. I love the talents, too. Those are real spicy, and I would allow those at my table for sure. Absolutely. Great supplement. Subrace's supplement was fantastic. And yet again, another couple of brilliant creators out in the D&D community. I don't know about you, Garen, but I'm sure happy we found these supplements to feature in this week's show. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Thank you to the authors of these pieces. You guys can find all of this stuff on DMs Guild. That is our home base. We love going there. So check out Character Options, Talents, available for $9.99 on DMs Guild, and Volo's Complete Subrace Handbook, which is available for pay what you want. Yeah, absolutely. And for the pay what you want supplements, you know, if you'd like to download them for free to check them out, that's super. But if you like what you're reading from that creator and you want to see more from them, be sure to head back to DMs Guild, repurchase the supplement and throw them a few bucks. That's how we keep this brilliance coming. Garen, speaking of brilliance, what kind of brilliance is coming out of the lab in the coming weeks? Brilliant? Nothing. We do have a bunch of stupid shit for you guys to check out, though, starting with our Beastlands supplement. We are also currently working on some new creations in our discord with our patrons if you get in at a dollar you can hop in on that too patron bonus episodes are mad flowing at this point we've been going since march we got fight club and monster lab release every single month so for five dollars you can get in the entire library to date and start binging yeah and that about wraps things up for this week lab rats remember when it comes to character creation it doesn't have to be optimized it just has to be fun let's have another fun year guys thank you this has been a production of the D character lab podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at dnd character lab or shoot us an email at dnd character lab at gmail.com Most importantly, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. That helps directly support our show and keeps us growing. It's something we love to do, and we want to keep uh, creating great content for you guys. I don't think it's great, but... Did you just say our content isn't good? (laughs) Fuck.